Please listen carefully. Hey, so one thing that I was thinking recently is, you know, whether as as far as my approach, whether you're polishing your skills to be this super sub uh, or, you know, just deepening your songwriting or maybe, you know, settling into a very specific genre. I just wonder, like, is there is there value in broadening the scope of your musical styles and genres, um, you know, that you explore and learn? Yeah, I definitely think there is. So, yeah, we're going to spend some time exploring that today. Hi, I'm Paul Frields. I'm Dave Guzman. And welcome to Practical Bass, where every week we pick a topic of interest to you, the working bass player, and we unpack it and delve into it and sort of explore some of our experiences and maybe try and pass on some advice and also encourage some feedback from you, the listeners. We really want to hear from you. Uh, You can find us on the web at practicalbass.com. Hopefully you're listening to this because you are subscribed to the podcast. If you are not subscribed already, then definitely go do that. You can find links on the website at practicalbase.com, but you can also locate us on Facebook, uh, on Twitter. You can find us on Google Plus and on Instagram. Uh, you can also find the podcast directly on iTunes. You can find us on Google Play Music and on Stitcher Radio. So if you have any of those apps or the podcast app on your Apple phone, simply open it up, open up one of those sites and search for Practical Bass and you can subscribe directly through the site. We deliver a new episode to you every week. And uh, yeah, it seems like this week is a perfect time to talk about broadening your music genres. What what genres do you play in now, Dave? And um, what are the areas where you've spent time learning or delving into that? Well, right now, um, you know, as I've mentioned in past episodes, um, I'm currently playing in, you know, a Beatles or classic rock cover band, which is, you know, kind of a a genre, you know, in itself. And then my other project is an an all original, um, you know, it's just writing mostly, but indie rock, um, I guess that's a pretty broad area, but the Broad, but good. Broad, but good. Lot, lots of freedom, you yeah. know, which really speaks to this because the indie project for me, um, it incorporates, you know, there's just these, it gives me the opportunity to, to, to thread in some of these other genres that I've really spent time with, which is, you know, for me, you know, funk, salsa, uh, samba, punk, you know, some of the chordal stuff on bass, uh, reggae, cumbias, reggaeton, some country. I mean, just like it's anything. It's really, yeah, like you're really kind of incorporating like everything that you've heard. You're bringing that together. Yeah, it's like a stew, you know, a yeah. stew of all a these gumbo. different- A gumbo. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and that, you know, I think that speaks to the spread of genres that I've really spent time around. N- not that I'm, you know, a pro at any of them, but, um, you know, some I've spent more time- delving into. Sure. I mean, if, you know, I think in addition to that, you know, other areas that I've spent time with, which are usually based on projects that I've done, um, bluegrass, like, you know, certain areas of eighties rock, uh, Afro funk. There was a period there where I got into that, you know, of course, pop, 
some hip hop, disco, you know, just yeah. the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. The whole spectrum. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. And the great thing is you find, you know, there's so many great players. There's so much good bass to be found out there in all these styles of music. Yeah, there is, there is. And so what about your, your genres right now? Like what are you playing in and what are some areas you've gotten into? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a few projects going on right now. One of them is, I guess I call it kind of Texas roadhouse blues style and it's a combination of originals and covers. Um, and you know, it kind of delves a little bit also into sort of like seventies hard rock like that, you know, kind of like long hair, you know, without getting, you know, too into like, I don't know, Southern or classic rock, but it's, it's more like, like gritty. Yeah. Bring Yeah. Bringing that, that grit and that, you know, the dirt yeah. uh, in, into the rock, which I really like and, but, but soulful. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And then another one is really focused on sixties and seventies, um, funk R and B and soul. Yeah. So, you know, like the Johnny guitar Watsons and, you know, Bobby Caldwell, yeah. Sly and the family stone, uh, you know, parliament, stuff like that. Right. And then finally, I've got a new project that I've been working with some guys, um, focused on, um, pop music from the seventies and eighties that's influenced by the Beatles. Huh. So, um, maybe a bit towards the new wave side, but, right. but definitely like the songwriting that got, that got influenced out of the sixties. So these are guys that, you know, they were in their twenties and thirties in the seventies and eighties and they were writing, you know, based on what they'd heard right. you know, in the British invasion and yeah. you know, especially from the Beatles. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, you know, on top of that, you know, I listened to, and you know, my spare time, I, I, try and play in a bunch of other genres as well. Um, you know, modern R and B, I listen to that quite a bit just to kind of make sure I keep up what's going on. Uh, modern pop the same way, you know, even though a lot of that is very slick produced, sometimes there's no, you know, actual bass guitar on it, but hearing what's going on there and hearing the, you know, what the keyboards are covering and, you know, being aware of, Right. Of, of those trends is important. Um, jazz and swing a little bit. I used to be huh. really into swing. Yeah. Uh, in college, I ran sound for a swing band and I still you know, love listening to that stuff. Um, hip hop, um, a bit of progressive, uh, you know, like a lot of bass players, I kind of cut my teeth on progressive rock because those are the guys that you like, you idolize as right. a, a young player. Right. And, uh, but, and also country, you know, the other edge of the dial country, which I think is where a lot of the good songwriters, yeah. um, have gone, you know, have gone to country, uh, in the two thousands. Yeah. Um, you still hear a lot of amazing stuff there. And country is interesting on bass because there is something like it's, it's touch and, you know, that even when it seems so simple, you can miss it so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it really is just, you know, you're, you're you're trying to be locked in. I mean, that's the thing. Country is so, it's so polished. And I'm, you know, I'm sure part of that is post-production, You're right? You know, the, the quality of the players yeah. is just, I mean, it's something that everyone should emulate because, you know, you're really supporting a song, right? right? As opposed to trying to be like, Hey, this is me, like this amazing player. Yeah. Listen to what I can do. Right. So, so that's a lot of genres I think that we talked about, right. you know, a lot in common too. And, yeah. and then a lot that, that uh, around the edges that maybe, maybe not so much. Yeah. Um, 
when when you're looking at at gigs, right? Whether it's you know, you're recording or you're uh, you're gonna you're gonna do a show mm-hmm. or whatnot. What do you feel like that diversity gives you? That's good for a player to have. I feel like there's a, a few pieces that that it adds value to, and one is, you know, if you're really looking at a specific genre, let's say that you're playing, uh, you know, a certain area of funk. Um, and you, you know, if, if I dive into it and if I really explore it and I really learn, I get deeper into it when I'm at the gig or if I'm at the recording session or if I'm, you know, just playing with, with, with musicians, if I, I feel like if I know that genre deeper, I'm, I'm avoiding the whole, like fake it till you make it thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you do have to go that route, but you know, if someone calls out a genre or says, you know, this is what I'm looking for in this song. And to be able to have that in your back pocket, like, right. okay, I, you know, it's not just like the one five, but there are other things that I can do with this. Right. I think that's one of the the bigger values. It, it just becomes more believable. Um, and you can, you know, add to that. Now uh, on the other side of that is that if you're writing baselines, I feel like it'll really help you fuse different styles and genres that maybe weren't even supposed to be, you know, they're, they're just so far apart from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you can do it delicately, like, because if you know the genre well enough, you know, sort of those tiny little things that make it that style. Right. And you could just peel apart little pieces and then add it in. Yeah. And that creates sort of like a, a, you know, somewhat of like a juxtaposition in terms of style and texture almost like genre bending. You yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not, so not to drop names or anything, but so there was a, a group that I was working with some years ago um, before they moved to Nashville, um, the hummingbirds. And there was a song that they were working on at the time. I honestly can't remember the title, um, but I, I really enjoyed the song. Mm-hmm. And I remember that the drummer and I, at one point, you know, we're working on building up an arrangement. Right. And we had kind of this feel that, you know, when they brought it in, it was very, you know, straight ahead, kind of acoustic folk, yeah. um, you know, kind of like, I don't know, like Graham Parsons kind of thing. And yep. we sort of brought in this, it was almost like kind of a, a bossa nova feel, not over the top, like straight, you know, in the genre, but just there was a certain yeah. inflection to the way that we played through the bar yep. and completely changed the way that everyone was executing the song and just yeah. gave it just a little lift. Uh, you know, it wasn't anything that we planned, but being able to call on that, on that difference, just sort of like it lifted it up and it made it unique. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's not just another, you know, straight ahead acoustic folk. It was like, there was a difference to it and and it was really a lot of fun. Yeah. because when you, at, from a listener standpoint, I mean, I, I love, hearing something that I'm just trying to like put my finger on what are they doing and it's not like the notes or whatever we could figure that out you could slow it down you can look at the notes but stylistically like how did they come up with that or what are they doing and then to you know most listeners that especially if they're not musicians they're not going to get to that point but when you can kind of unwind it and then realize like oh they put a little bit of this in there right like that was that one ingredient you know it was 
a little bit of cumin in there right. or whatever right. that right. piece is. Yeah, and the last, um, you know, I think the last piece that it, it does for me is that it, um, it fuels my learning process. Like, you know, I think as a musician, I'm, a lot of us are just curious. It feeds the, the desire to continue yeah. to learn. And, you know, sometimes I'm just learning genres just because maybe the genre doesn't excite me. Maybe it's not my thing, but I, I just want to know like what's, what's behind that door or what did some musician do? Like what, you know, what brought it there and to get as close as I can to that experience. Like I think, you know, if I'm learning someone's bass lines, I, I want to get to as close as it was to be them to have played that. Yeah. Like yeah. I might change it. I might never do it, but I want to at least like for a nanosecond, like feel what it was like, what it's like to find that to, baseline. Yeah. You want to be right, like right in that space. And, yeah. and because if you do that and kind of digest it, it becomes a part of your playing from then on. Exactly. That's something that you can call on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what do you feel, you know, that this whole like diversification of genres brings to, to your experiences, to your gigs? Well, so, I mean, I, I definitely come at it from a bass player and, and I, I feel a lot of the same things that you do. Um, I, you know, I really connected with how you described this, but you know, maybe another angle as, as a songwriter, um, you know, I, I, like to appreciate the different idioms for how songwriters work and how songs work in uh -huh. different genres. I mean, it can be even something as simple as like the way the bass moves to anchor the chords that are common in that genre. Right. Right. Like you have the, the one six minor four five, which you'll find, you know, all over the place in pop music. Right. Yeah. Sometimes they move where the bar, like where the, you know, where the, the beginning of the phrase is, but yep. you know, that's super common. And then on the other hand, you know, you go to R and B where it's like, you know, the two minor five one, which is yep. all over the place right. as well. And, you know, those are great things to be able to pull out of your pocket there. You know, there are tons of other more, you know, more complex or more idiomatic usage that you've, or uses that you find yeah. in these other genres and being able to, get used to them and then be able to pull them out as a tool in songwriting. Um, I really like to be able to do. And that, I think that also kind of informs my playing a bit, right? So, yeah. you know, as a player, I'm, I'm listening to the technique and the idioms that the bass player is using to get around those changes. Yeah. Right. And so that helps me learn how a bass part in that genre tends to move. Right. So is it swinging? right? Does it swing a little bit? Does it stutter, right? Are there a mm -hmm. lot of ghost notes? Are, you know, is it slinking around through the line? Like, is there a certain thing about the tone plus the note choices that makes it kind of like slink through the bar in a certain way? Or, you know, does it kind of just like barge its way through like a bull in a china shop yeah. you know, or something like that? Yeah. And how you're interacting with everybody else, yeah. all the other pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And listening to how that interplay is going on with the drums mm -hmm. and how is it, you know, what is, what amount of space is there, right? How much space is left for the other instruments? How yeah. much space is left for the singer? Are there, is there a lot of, there are a lot of times where the bass is not playing and how is that placed in the bar? Yeah. Right. All those things kind right. of, they learning how great players in each of those genres works yeah. is just, it's just like, it's like, endlessly interesting 
Yeah. You know, you just hear these creative people at work and it just, yeah, like you, I think it just like, it stokes the fire. Right. Yeah. Right. Even if I don't like, that may not be my favorite genre, but when I hear those players working in it, right. Like that gets me really excited, right. Hearing somebody do something really creative. Yeah. And when you unlock it, like when you hear it, yeah, you start to discover it and then you, yeah. then you apply it to your base yeah. and then you like, it becomes obvious. Yeah. Like, like how do you, so how do you do that? How do you do that unlocking? How does that work for you when you're trying to learn something? Yeah, I guess, you know, whatever I'm approaching, there has to be some excitement around it. Like it's got to pull me in. Right. And so that might be, you know, for me, like that starting point is, I don't know. I like, um, I like vinyl. So, you know, I might have a record that I've of, of a musician that I've never heard of or whatever. And I put it in and it, it pulls something out of me. Um, you know, or sometimes I just realize like, okay, this is a genre I just need to do. I got to like draw the line, say, all right, I'm doing this. Um, let me explore whatever this is. And that's sort of the starting point of where, where it gets, it gets it going. Um, and then, you know, it's just, listening and listening and listening. So hopefully if, you know, there's a desire to, to want to learn a genre, I'm studying it first. I mean, it's not so methodical, but yeah, I'm studying it in a way that it's, it's on my, you know, it's on my phone, it's in my car. Yeah. I'm just getting in inside as, as much as I can. Um, you know, I also look at, you know, of course, covers are probably the most common way to get into a genre. Right. Like you have to learn it for a gig cause it's on the list. You got to learn it for a gig. Right. Exactly. Um, and I guess, you know, one of the things like if there's really, you know, if there's an area that I really want to get into, um, it's not just sort of like finding, you know, maybe I do find that one record or that one musician or that one genre that I want to get into. Um, but it's discovering the subgenres under it, like doing a little bit of research and figuring out like, where did this start? Like what, what were the roots of this song or who are like the, who are your classics? Like who are, mm-hmm. who are those standards that, that you should be right. looking toward? Like, here's the giants in that, in that genre, whatever they are. Right. And it might be, you know, a simpler form of whatever brought you in, but it's critical because that's part of that learning process. Just kind of getting into those, those subcategories, like, um, you know, an example is uh, I was, you know, I've, I've done some of the Latin music stuff and eventually ended up in cumbias, which is based out of Colombia. It's, it started in like the, I don't know, the forties or fifties, it died away. And then in the sixties, there was like a psychedelic piece that crept Mm -hmm. in. So then you have a, you know, I think it's called like chiche or chicha, chiche, and it's psychedelic cumbia, like getting all the way down to that where you can, you know, pull in all like all the history of it changes how I approach, you know, that style that I can fuse in. Um, and you know, and making sure that you look at some of the key ones, like for example, you know, if, if you are, you know, I'm not an expert in this area, but like if you're doing new wave, if that's something that's important, like, you know, you should, you should get into like Duran Duran, right. You start with like, you know, John Taylor and then, and then maybe get into what is it like Japan Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um you know get into some of some of the you know the deeper ends of it right. and not necessarily learn all their lines but just know what exists out there what, yeah you know yeah. where it was and hear how they execute right because that is 
it helps you be authentic. Like right. You were saying earlier. Right. Yeah. Right. And so what, what do you look at? Well, so I have a, I have satellite radio in my car, you know, which is, it's kind of a, it's, it's a nice thing to have. And mm-hmm. even though there are like finite playlists for most of their channels, um, they do kind of, it seems like they kind of re up quarterly. Like you'll get a new shipment of things that they license right. or whatever, Yeah, at least quarterly. So often what I'll do is I'll tune it to a random channel. I mean, not, not super random, but like something where, oh, okay, well, like I'm going to go listen to some new wave today. Right. So yep. I'll turn it to that, to that channel. And I'm going right. to listen to that for like the next week or whatever. And just try and pick up what's going on in the bass. You know, a lot of the songs that they play, you know, were, were probably, you know, bigger, right. They were, they were hits. They yeah. were well known. Sure. And those are the things that you're probably in a lot of cases going to end up picking up in covers. And even if you don't, you're going to get a really good cross section of what was happening in that genre on the bass. Right. Right. Over a hundred yeah. songs, you yeah. get a pretty good, a pretty good idea of how that, of how that works. It's not, I guess I wouldn't call it ideal because surprisingly the sound quality on satellite radio is still not that good i mean it's mm-hmm. better than terrestrial radio but i'm amazed that this is this is probably a whole conversation on its yeah. own but just a little tangent <laughs> here i am just i'm really shocked and disappointed at the fact that the technology is like it's chosen or set up in a way to give you music that still does not sound that good and it doesn't have to be that way right. it's just a lack of yeah. care and quality but anyway that's yeah. a that's a <laughs> personal gripe but you know it sometimes makes it a little harder to pick out the bass parts but yeah. you know it it is what it is right um Another thing for me is, you know, the 20 songs or albums you should hear, like those listicles, right? The list slash articles you see on the internet. Oh, here's something you should listen to in this genre. That's right. I'm not not ashamed at all about going out and searching for some of those things to pull in new things to hear and, you know, just get started. Or sometimes I'll even pick a genre that I know pretty well and just see, is there anything on here that I haven't heard or don't know and that I missed out on somehow and just... You know, yeah, plug up those cracks or whatnot. Oh, I, yeah, completely agree. You know, since I play, you know, but I play by ear, I, you know, I know you do too. I know a right. lot of people who do, you know, not everyone does. I think, you know, some people will learn by, you know, mechanically through tablature, through reading music. Right. Um, I tend to do it by ear. And so for me, what works best is hearing, hearing those songs or hearing, you know, the work in that genre for a while. And yeah. kind of digesting it with my brain before I pick up the bass to try and do it. Because I know if I know more solidly what I'm trying to aim for, mm-hmm. then it makes it easier for me to imagine how I'm going to execute it on the bass, right? And get the sound that's living in my head already. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and still there's so many uh, genres for me that I, I haven't explored in any depth. I mean, and, you know, and I just wonder like, why, why isn't like what, what genres have we not gotten into individually and you know what's the reason behind that so like you know for you paul like what what are some genres that either you're you're just getting into for for what whatever reasons or like what what haven't you gotten into at this point well so yeah it's kind of funny you mentioned that i mean well it leads me right into like a softball that's like a softball question. You know, there was You're something welcome. I was, yeah, exactly. Thank you for that. Uh, we're professionals. Super pro. <laughs> Super pro. 
Um, I mean, this this leads right to a conversation that that you and I had not too long ago um, about Latin music, right? One of the things that I'm always fascinated by in your playing, right? I'm fascinated with your band and and the way that you play because you clearly have like this deep, you know, a deep grounding in in Latin, Afro-Cuban. Like there's a lot of styles that I don't know that I hear in your music. And I, you know, I really want to, to learn that um, it's something I've never really taken time to get into, but it's like, it's so there's such a, a rich bass tradition there. Yeah. And, you know, so we talked about this earlier. Um, you know, I, I, you know, hopefully going to get from you at some point, a starter list, right. If here's right. like the classic recordings, here's like 20 or 50 or whatever songs that if you can sort of get into these, Right, it's going to give you a gateway yeah. into learning, uh, you know that that kind of broad genre of music. That's something that I'm kind of excited about. I, yeah. I actually started reading um, about clave. Yeah, um, you know, just it's all academic at this point, right? right? But you know, sitting there and kind of looking at some of the notation and kind of beating it out with my hands, you know, dun, 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 or the other way around, like right. or the twos at the top or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I know these rhythms because I've heard them used elsewhere, but I'm hearing them through a filter of something else on their way to that genre. Yeah. But not, I haven't heard the original. Right. I haven't heard the origin of that. And yeah. that's kind of what I'd like to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, I mean, so what about you? Is there something that you have not learned or are making a conscious effort to learn now that, um, you know, that, that you haven't previously? Yeah. I think um, for, I have a tendency to, to, I get overwhelmed like with certain genres, right? Cause they're just so big. Um, I actually avoided classic rock for a long time because it just seemed like where do I even start and so you know I joined a band that played classic rock that seemed like a pretty good starting place but um yeah I think there's some definitely you know some areas I mean you know I don't I don't I don't I haven't spent time with classical um I've spent a lot of time with jazz but I'm just not anywhere where like I think that the time that is really needed you know, that I'm putting in, I mean, it just feel like it's a miss for me. It's so deep on like on its own. Um, I think that it's funny you mentioned that and you know, I don't want to yeah. break in too far here into your thought pattern, but um, that almost seems to me to still be one of the biggest and maybe last remaining gaps between types of musicians and players. Right. I don't see a big gap between like R and B and rock yeah. or pop and country or country and even like i mean metal right? right there is not a big gap where i do see a gap is between you know mo i guess what you would call more popular uh popular music in terms of you know maybe the the appeal or the commercialism yeah and the jazz side right? right jazz is so broad and so deep and so revolutionary and there's so many ways that it's gone like yeah. unto itself it's right. almost like putting it in a list of other things where you say like, Oh yeah, pop rock country and jazz. It's like, no, actually all those other things <laughs> yeah. are kind of like, if you add all those other things up, they are kind of approaching the size of what jazz is. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that's part of what makes it so, you know, 
overwhelming. I mean, it's just, you know, there, there are just so many areas of yeah. it. But I think like most musicians, even if you're not do you know, even if you don't admit to playing jazz, it's just one of those things that you just keep falling into yeah. in your quiet space. Yeah. Yeah. As, as you like explore, you, you know, you can't help, but, but kind of touch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like it's not ever like you really reach a point with any genre that you're like, all right, that's done, you know, moving forward. But, I know all that. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but there's definitely, you know, some genres that you go deeper into than, than others. Um, you know, some are more relevant, uh, you know, to your base world or your base business. And some are more closely related to what your personal tastes are that, you know, that, that pull you in. Um, but most, I guess most recently, you know, one of those genres that's been out there that I've, I've been listening to, but not really spending time in understanding it for me has been the, uh, like the electronic side of the house. Yeah. Um, you know, house music also like R and B, uh, more the, like the contemporary side of it. So, you know, just popular stuff like, you know, Daft Punk and, um, you know, R and B guy like Anderson Pack. or oh, I love Anderson Pack. There's a new one, uh, Case Renata, like some yeah. of the DJ guys, like, you know, where they're, you know, there's just so many, there are great bass lines in there. Yeah. And for me, it's been, a, you know, a genre in itself to sort of explore that electronic piece. And so, sometimes their bass, sometimes it's actual bass on the track. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My, my, you know, my main man, Nathan East, right? Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he was featured on the Daft Punk. Um, what right. random access, random access memories. That's right. Album. Yeah. I mean, that was him and get lucky. And you know, he's, which is, is my number one dude. Yeah. Like, and that I is, be him. that is an amazing, you know, I, I just love that stuff. And, and even when you get into some of the more electronic stuff where you, you know, it's, I mean, you know, it's not bass, like an actual bass guitar, but, but can you, you know, can you emulate that? Can yeah. you do that so that you could pull something like that out on, on stage? Absolutely. That's been, you know, for me, that's like a new area that I'm into right now. Like that's, you know, that's my world currently. Yeah. And so, I mean, it really is not just about, um, you know, only playing the things where you hear what you do in the music, but how can you change yourself or how can you and you're playing kind of adapt into that style or make yourself sound like that. Right. Right. And that's a tool in your toolbox. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, that's the kind of thing that, you know, really takes people to the next level um, in their gigs. Right. We talk about that here a lot, right. How do you elevate your gigs? And and that's one way yeah. to do it is know these different genres and not being afraid to explore. Yeah. Well, so that seems like a good place to wind up for the day. Um, we really appreciate uh, you guys listening to us, and uh, we hope that you've found this, uh, if not enlightening, then uh, you know maybe affirming, or or uh, you know maybe you've it's it's piqued your curiosity about some of these different genres, or about uh, broadening your own genres for. Uh, a better chance at working the gigs that you want. Uh, we would love to hear from you, and we would like to hear about your experience in genres, what you have branched out into, what you're still looking to branch out into, and maybe some ideas for things that people should check out. Are there some genres or some very specific pieces that uh, fans of the podcast might want to go listen to? We'd love to hear that stuff from you. Uh, if you contact us on facebook or on twitter uh on google plus uh you can even find us uh, on instagram 
we would love to hear some of that feedback from you, the listeners, because you know it's all about having a conversation, right? It's not about uh, just you know us talking about what we do. We want to hear what you do. Um, you can also find us at the website practicalbase.com where you will find an archive of our previous episodes. You'll also find all our previous episodes and a new one each week exploring a new topic in uh, practicality for you, the working bass player, because that is our mission. That is our goal to help you elevate your gigs and gear. And you can find the podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app on your phone. You can find us on Google Play Music or on any platform on Stitcher Radio. Just open up the app and search for Practical Bass and you will find our little black and white bass icon. And we hope that you will consider subscribing and listening to uh, the podcast weekly and then letting us know what you think. We'd also love to hear ideas from you guys about subjects that you'd like us to cover in future episodes. And we'll see you next week for another interesting topic, we hope. And until then, I'm Paul Frields. I'm Dave Guzman. And this has been Practical Bass. Thanks for listening. The guy has, he's got a great like execution, like visual sense, but the guy has like no, he has no sense of like emotion or restraint or anything. It's all like, right. blam, blamity, blam, ow. <laughs> right. you know, like all the time. He's like, <laughs> He's like, Michael Bay, who's my daddy? Right. <laughs> <laughs>